Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach, Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. But I want to talk about something that's tied to freedom, and freedom to me is, is the availability to do this, to not have any constraint, to not have anything holding me down. And, and that's actually the definition. It says no confinement, no restraint. How many would like to live a life of freedom? I'm not just talking about it being in a free country, but in your walk with God, just freedom. So the title today is Freedom of Forgiveness. The Freedom of Forgiveness. This is a difficult subject. This is a, from the first service. I can tell you we had great response at the altar but it wasn't a lot of amens because this is a woe is me message a lot of times. Because nobody has this down pat. Nobody's perfect at it, but everybody struggles with it. Forgiving. Okay? Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say some bold things here at the beginning as I get into this. I love seeing those that are taking notes. There's going to be some good notes to take today. Okay? We've got some good scriptures to go over. But I want to give you the definition of what forgiving is in case you don't know. It means to pardon somebody. Okay? It means to give up resentment, to let go. And I want to say, I want to say something very bold. We were talking to um, someone in our discipleship Friday morning who's a new convert who came in last year about this time and was invited by my daughter and Landon, and I'm not sure who the other people were at this restaurant at Olive Garden, invited him. And by the way, I just want to throw this in there. When you go to a restaurant, tip. And if you're not going to tip, don't leave a track. Okay? Hello? Man, y'all are as dead as the first service. Y'all got more sleep. What's wrong with y'all? Did you get too much sleep? I must be hitting a nerve there. Tip. People live off those tips. And if you're not going to tip, then don't leave a track. We blessed this woman yesterday at Old West on Friday. We, we gave, I don't know what, she got at least $100, at least. But this boy came in, this boy, sorry, this man, Mark, came in because they gave a good tip. And he said if they wouldn't have given me a good tip, because they witnessed to him. And he came in, and he got saved miraculously. He's from San Antonio. He's studying to be a lawyer. He was in the first service. He has gone to next step. He's at discipleship. I mean, he's, he has a call of God on his life. And uh, he told me on Friday, he said that I have, I found a message of yours from 2009. So we still have messages up from 14 years ago. And he found a message that he, on forgiveness, and he sent it to his mom because he wanted his mom to get this understanding of forgiveness. And I asked him, I said, what was it that st- st- stuck out to you so much about the message? And he said, you said something that I've never heard before, and I want to repeat myself this morning from what he told me. You cannot be saved if you won't forgive. That's pretty bold. That's pretty strong. And I still believe that today. Lots of people claim to be Christians and say they believe in Jesus, but they don't forgive people. And I'm going to show you that in the scriptures, okay? It's not my words this morning, by the way. It's in the scriptures. So let's get into this, but I want to tell you what C.S. Lewis said. He made a good point. He said the the word forgiveness is a beautiful word until you have to use it. Right? It sounds so good. I forgive, and they forgave, and forgiveness until someone does you wrong. And then it's not quite so easy. Let's look at Matthew chapter 18. We're going to go straight to Jesus' words. 
and listen to what he says on this topic. Because this topic is very important to Jesus. Because it's the reason he came to the world. Jesus came to this earth for one reason. To die and to forgive. Okay? That's why he came. That was his purpose. So he takes forgiveness really serious. So he writes a parable about it in the Bible. And he says, Peter comes to him and, and says, Lord, if someone does me wrong, how many times do I have to forgive them? And he throws out a number. He goes, how about seven? Now, seven's about six more than a lot of people want to forgive. Okay? But he said, Lord, how about seven? And Jesus said, no. How about 70 times seven? In other words, you just have to keep forgiving and forgiving and forgiving and forgiving and forgiving over and over. And listen to this, just like Jesus has forgiven you over and over and over and over and over and over again. Amen? So he says 70 times seven. Now watch this. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who wanted to settle, that's God, who wanted to settle accounts with his servants, that's us. And when he began to settle the accounts, one was brought to him, this is meaning in this parable, someone who had a lot of debt. There's some people in here in the terms of sin who have a lot of debt. You know, if you have a, a rough lifestyle in here this morning, you should be more forgiving than anybody else. Because you've been forgiven of a lot. I've been forgiven of a lot. How many would put yourself in there? If you've, been, if you've had a rough life and made some bad mistakes and done some bad things, more so should you be forgiving. So this man comes with a heavy debt of 10,000 talents. There he's using the monetary example. And as he was not able to pay, because there's no way we can pay for our sin... His master commanded that he be sold. Now, real quick before I keep reading, let me make this clear. To make this clear presentation, we are sinners. The Bible says the wages of our sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Jesus came and died on the cross, shed his blood for our sins, and forgave us for our sins. That's the gospel. Amen. And then he he died and rose from the dead so that because he rose from the dead, we can rise from the dead and we can have eternal life with him. But it all hinges on forgiveness. Okay? So this story, Jesus is telling this parable and he says, "I'm he's not able to pay, so his master said that he would be sold." So he tells his to his wife, his children, and all that he had and that payment would be made. This is important, church. The wages of sin is death. In other words, we have to pay for our sin. We saw, I didn't choose, like that woman last week, I didn't choose to be born. I didn't choose, it doesn't matter. You were born, and you were born into sin. And so we are born with a death sentence. We're born with spiritual AIDS. No matter whether you believe that or not, we are. And, and there's an antidote, and his name is Jesus. Okay? He's the cure. But you have to make a choice. And so this man, Jesus said, this payment has to be made. You wonder sometimes why. Why did Jesus have to die? Why was there animal sacrifices? When Cain killed Abel, the Bible says his blood cried from the ground. So God has to have payment for that punishment. That's why the, the blood of Jesus had to be shed. So God, in this servant, is looking at us and he's saying payment has to be made. Okay, That's why Jesus is so important. Keep reading. 
The servant then fell down and said, Master, have patience with me. I will pay you all. That's works. People think they can get to God by doing more good than they do bad. There are entire religions today, Islam is one of them, who believes that if you do more good than bad, you'll go to heaven. That's what they believe. Many religions teach works, that you have to do good works. And we have to do good works as believers too. But we're not saved by works. Lest any man should boast, the Bible says. We're saved because of what Jesus did. But we all have that penalty. And it says, I'll pay you. So people will say, man, God, I'll be good enough. I'll go to church. I'll read my Bible. I'll tithe. I'll pray. I'll walk the old lady across the street. I'll do all these nice things so I can pay you back for what you did. We'll never be able to pay Jesus for the sins that we've committed. There's only one way to pay for it, and that's belief in Jesus and what he did on the cross. No other way. If you try to pay it outside of Jesus, you're lost. This is what this man's trying to do. So God shows him this in the gospel, and watch what it says. The master of the servant, Jesus, had compassion. And he says, he released him, and he forgave him of his debt. There's the word, forgave. But that servant went out immediately Just like someone in a church can come in and get saved, give their life to Jesus, and walk out the door and forget what Jesus did for them. And he says he he walked out and saw another guy who owed him money. A hundred denarii, which is almost nothing. It's pennies. And he laid his hands on him, took him by the throat, and said, pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet, just like he had fallen down at his master's, and said, have patience with me, I'll pay you. And instead of the man having the same compassion on him that God had on, that his master had on him, he said he would not. Here's a fact this morning, church. Some people just won't forgive. Just won't. But I told you in the beginning, if you won't forgive, you can't go to heaven. That's not my words, okay? I didn't make it that way. I just want you to know that. Don't go to hell over what somebody else did to you. Because what happens, we're going to finish this in a second. What happens when you're unforgiving is you are thinking that you're poisoning that person. You think you're hurting that person. And you're drinking the poison. Oh, I hope this hurts them. Oh, I hope they feel this. Oh, I hope this aches them bad. Oh, oh man. And as you're drinking it, thinking it's hurting them, they don't even know that you're mad. They don't even care. They're doing something else to somebody else. And here you are. And not only are you drinking your own poison, you're in a cell and you're the prisoner. You think you have them in prison. I'm going to hold them down. I'm never going to forgive them. They're never going to forget what they did to me. And they're already on to the next one. And you're in a prison cell, locked in to your own unforgiveness. That's the truth. So he says he wouldn't. So he threw him into prison until he paid the debt. There's an old song. He paid a debt I could never pay. I owed a debt I could never pay. I could never do it. He paid it for me. How many are thankful this morning that Jesus paid our debts? So when his fellow servants saw what had been done, 
they were very grieved and came and told their master all that had been done. And his master, after he had called him, said, you wicked servant. Church, I want to hear the words from Jesus. Good and faithful servant. Every one of us in here, whether we want to be or not, are servants. We're either a wicked servant or a good and faithful servant. The wicked servant is the one who does not forgive. The good and faithful one does. That's what separates a true believer from someone who says they're a believer. That's what separates someone who's going to heaven and someone who thinks they're going to heaven. Now, I'm leaving this up there for a second, and I want to say something else. This was a revelation for me personally, because how many remember the verse in the Bible that says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. It says that we cast out demons in your name. We laid our hands on the sick and in your name, and they recovered. And he says, not everyone who says that to me will, will make heaven. And the reason is, is not just because someone can backslide. That's one reason. But the main reason is, is because those people that God used would not forgive. Because they would not forgive, he says, it doesn't matter how much you tell me, Lord, Lord, you can't come in because you haven't forgiven. Y'all still here? I, don't worry, I'm not, I'm not, I don't need your amens. It's not really an amen message. Amen is a check me message. All of us. This deep message. Because this is God's heart. So he says, you wicked servant. Now watch this. I forgave you all your debt because you begged me. And then he says, should you not have also showed the same compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? That's what he should have done, right? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers. This is important. Until he should pay Leave 34 up for a second. All that was due to him. The good news is you can be today in a bad position where you are on your way to hell, even as a believer, because you won't forgive. Thankfully, he didn't just send us there. He says, you're on your way. This is what he said. I'm going to put him in with the tortures till he pays what's due him. We have to have a revelation this morning that we don't have a choice. We have to forgive. Just as Jesus forgave us. And then it goes on to say in verse 35, So my heavenly Father will also do to each of you if from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. Lord, for just a few more minutes, anoint your word. Soften our hearts. Break the chains of bondage that are in our lives of resentment and anger and unforgiveness. Lord, as you have done for us, help us do unto others, Father. It's the golden rule, Lord. Help us to remember, Lord, what we've done to you on that cross. And we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, if you're here this morning, and I'm going to say this a couple times in the next few minutes, and you think you don't know what someone did to me. You don't understand what you're asking me to forgive. You don't know what's happened to me. You don't know my past. You don't know the, the thing. I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter. I'm not minimizing it. I'm not making it less. I know all of us have been through some horrible things. But I want to tell you something very important. No matter what you have been through, no matter what somebody has done to you, it does not, cannot, and will not compare to what you did to Jesus on the cross. And I did. Do you understand that? 
Quit trying to say, you don't understand, God. I can't do it, God. God says, I forgave you, and you didn't deserve it. The Bible says, while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. We have to have a revelation of how ungodly we are without Jesus. You have to. You have to see. I mean, there's, listen, there's some good people in here in the sense of the world. Not everybody's been a gangbanger, drug addict, prostitute, homosexual, fornicator, adulterer, murderer. Not everybody has that. There's people in here that are good people. Have you ever met someone that's just a good person? Doesn't matter. They're going to the same place because they have a penalty of sin and they have forgiveness that's needed. But I cannot go to heaven under the forgiveness of Jesus if I won't forgive people who've done me wrong. Because what I do, listen, is I void the cross. Did you catch that? I void the cross. I take the power of the cross away when I won't forgive as Jesus forgave me. Okay? How many are still here this morning? 70 times 7. Jesus does not give us the option. And, and if you're saying, oh, the pastor, that was a parable. Okay, watch this. Matthew 6, verse 14. If you need another verse, I got gotcha. you. He just says it real clear. Let me just forget the parable. You didn't catch the parable. You don't think you're the wicked servant. Blah, blah, blah. Here you go. For if... For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. If. There's an if. It's a condition. And if you don't, your choice, you can. Tell the person next to you, you don't have to. Make sure you understand that. We have free will. But if you don't, forgive men their trespasses, neither will. Neither will your father forgive yours. Period. Can't be any more clear. The reason I'm talking about freedom of forgiveness is this morning is because I believe that Carl and I were watching the, the, left, the, la, the latest Left Behind movie last night. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty good. It's, it's the same storyline and all that, but it's newer. They have COVID in there and different stuff. And, we, you know, we, preached the, we just preached the rapture a couple weeks ago. The rapture is going to happen whether you believe it or not. I'm going when it happens. But unfortunately, unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of Christians who are going to stay behind because they didn't forgive. How many over here in this section say, that's not going to be me? I'm going to forgive. I'm going to be ready. And I'm going to go to heaven. Amen? They went to church. They prayed. By the way, when you pray, it's also in Matthew 6, when you pray and you don't forgive, there's a ceiling over your prayer life. They just bounce right back down. You think, why isn't God answering my prayers? Because you won't forgive. If men will forgive others their trespasses, I will also forgive theirs. So there's a condition to your salvation. You can believe in Jesus all you want, but if you don't believe in, in forgiveness, you're lost. Because that's what he did for us. He forgave us when we weren't worthy of the forgiveness. 
Now, this revelation, when obeyed, brings great freedom. Life without restraint. Because I can walk around this world and nobody spiritually can bind me. There are people today in the prison system who have given their lives to Jesus Christ and believe what I'm preaching and are more free than you and me. They're in prison. They're behind bars. But they have forgiven and they have realized how forgiven they've been. To whom much is given, much is required. Amen? So, I said this earlier, but I'm going to give you the quote for those that are taking notes. To forgive is to set a prisoner free and find out the prisoner was you. You unlocked the door to the prison doors and you thought you were on the outside, but you were on the inside. And you walk through the door and you're out. And then you got to make a daily decision. Ain't nobody going to put me back in. How many will make a decision today? You're not going to let anybody put you in prison because of unforgiveness. Because the devil's going to try, and he's got some people who are real good at it. Right? Let me give you the Bible definition of forgiveness. Even though the word's not in it. Psalms 103. This is so powerful. When you look at these verses, you realize how much Jesus loves us. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Amen? We see how much he loves us here. The Lord is merciful. See, I'm supposed to be in hell right now, but I'm not. I'm supposed to be dead, but I'm not. Is anybody else in that place? The Lord told me that 30 years ago. So the last 30 years of my life, I'm supposed to be in hell, but I'm not. And by, by the glory, for the glory of God, my obedience has helped some of you not be in hell, thank God. Amen? The Lord's merciful and gracious, slow to anger. Everybody tries to make God out to be this mean God. He's so nice. He could be mean. He will be mean. He's going to make the piddler, fiddlers pay. He's going he's gonna to make everybody who's... who's blasphemed him and mocked him. They're all going to pay in the end, but he is gracious for anyone, say anyone, who will say, Lord, I'm sorry. Anyone. He says, abounding in mercy. Slow to anger, abounding in mercy. He will not, but he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. That's what's going to happen during the tribulation. He's going to let it out. And I told you guys a few weeks ago, when, when, you think, when you see things going on in the world that make you mad, you go, God, where are you? Don't worry. He's going to make them pay. Everybody's going to pay for what they do if they want to mock God. I want to be on God's side. Amen. Amen? I want to be, be the good and faithful servant, not the wicked one. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. In other words, he hasn't given us what we deserve. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Nor has he punished us according to our iniquities, because we'd already be in hell. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is the mercy towards those who fear him. Let me give you a nugget. Fear God. Every morning when I start my prayers, I say, Lord, I revere you. I respect you. I just want you to make sure you know I honor you and I fear you. 
every day. And Lord, if I forgot to tell you yesterday, I was to remind you again today, I fear you. Reverently fear you. The Bible says fear is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? And then it says in the last verse, as, watch this. As far, this is the definition of forgiveness, by the way. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. In other words, east and west don't meet. As far as you go east, you can go into universes that haven't even been discovered yet. As far west as you can go, you go into the universes that haven't been discovered yet. Galaxies and all that. Way over there. That's how far your sins are in God's eyes. Man will remind you, but God says, I don't even remember that you did that. Because it's under the blood. It's forgiven. As far as the east is from the west. There's an old song that if I tried to sing it, I'd know I'd be off key. Pastor Mario wanted me to sing it in the first service, but I know I'll mess it up. It's Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it. Does anybody know how to finish it? White as snow. My sins are as white as snow. Amen? That's enough to be excited about right there. Love. God's love, Jesus' love, doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Well, they've done six things to me, so I do six things to them. God, we don't keep score. You may be in a relationship in your marriage with your kids, with a friend in church, where they have way outdone you in the, in the measure of, of, of sins and messing up and hurting you and all those things. Don't keep score. Because when you keep score, then you bring the attention from God to you, and God can keep score too. And he doesn't forget the things that have not been forgiven. Remember, they're gone as far as the east is from the west when they're confessed. If they're not confessed, then they stay there, and God sees and knows everything. Amen? Don't, write this down, don't water your bitterness. Don't water your bitterness. What do you mean? I'm going to tell you. This is what a lot of Christians do. At the end of the Civil War, General Robert Lee met a woman in Virginia who grabbed him and brought him to her house and angrily showed him, look, there's a tree on my property that's been damaged by this Yankee artillery. Robert Lee's advice, listen, is the same advice God wants to give us this morning. He says, cut it down, dear lady, and forget it. Cut it down and forget it. In other words, that damage has been done to you. You need to cut it down and get rid of it. Instead, we water it. We don't want to let that thing die. And so there's some trees in your life, listen, that remind you of the wrong that you have suffered because of what others have done to you. In the name of the one who died on the tree because of the things you've done wrong, I exhort you this morning to cut those trees down and stop watering the trees of bitterness that really reveals the wickedness in your own heart and say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness, and as you have forgiven me, I will forgive those who've hurt me. I'm cutting the tree down, and I'm forgetting it, and I'm getting it out of my yard forever. 
I don't want to keep watering it. How many will cut some trees down today? As the musicians begin to come, I want to tell you a powerful verse. I asked my wife yesterday in the morning, I said, just give me a quick verse. First verse comes to your mind about forgiveness, and she gave me a great one. I don't always do that, but I did yesterday. And I joked in the first service, she must have been have some unforgiveness or something, because she, she shot it right at me. Boom, Colossians 3. It's so good, though. Watch this, what it says, verse 11 or 12. Therefore, as the elect of God, the chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies. That's a choice. Put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Those are decisions you make. Bearing with one another. How many know we got to put up with each other? How many know some people get on your nerves? But you get on people's nerves too. Right? It's amazing how some people think, man, people get on my nerves. And never think that, you, that they get on anybody's nerves. I understand. I know I get on people's nerves. People get on my nerves. People get on your nerves. But we got to bear with one another. That's why God made church. So we could come together on a Sunday like this, bring our stuff in, and get along. Get along, right? Bear with one another. And if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. Not if you want to, you have to. Do it. Forgive. Unlock the prison door. Stop drinking the poison. Set yourself free. Be without restraint. Be without anybody holding you down. Walk around and, don't, and be like a, a duck that the water hits and just bounces off. Just let it go. Amen? Let it go. There's not one person in this church that hasn't been offended. There's not one person in this church that doesn't have things that need to be forgiven. We need to He who forgives much understands the love of Jesus. Amen? I want to read one last really cool story that I found as the musicians are coming, I believe. I know one of my musicians is pregnant, so she's struggling with, you know, having to make the bathroom on the way and all that stuff. So if I could just get over here and play myself, I would. Boom. I wish I could play. So how many have heard of Leonardo da Vinci? The painter. He was, he was a distinguished craftsman, engineer, artist, thinker. One of the most outstanding intellects of the whole history of our, of our world. He's very well known. How many know that he painted a picture of the Last Supper? Anybody know that? Famous picture, famous painting. One of the most famous paintings, if not the most famous painting of the Last Supper. Everybody know what the Last Supper is? Jesus and his disciples, including Judas. So he paints it, and as he's painting this picture, he gets into a violent quarrel with another painter, friend of his. No Christians ever do that, right? We never get in fights with anybody. And as he's painting this picture, he's so angry at this guy that did him wrong that when he gets to Judas, he paints the picture, the face of his enemy, on Judas's face. He's like, I'm going to leave this dude in history right here. I'm so mad at him. So he took that guy he had the fight with, 
painted his face on Judas. And he proceeded to finish the painting. And when he got to, to the place where he was going to paint the face of Jesus, he could not paint it. He, he, he kept trying and trying and struggling, and he could not get a picture of Jesus that he felt was adequate. So he stopped and he began to realize that, the, that something was wrong. Something was stopping him. So he realized he had this animosity towards this painter. And he went and he took his face off of Judas and painted a, just a whoever Judas. And then he went back and tried to paint Jesus' face. And the painting flowed. And today we have the painting that's famous around the world that he painted. And he had a universal truth discovered by him. We cannot simultaneously paint the features of Christ into our life while painting someone else's face with the colors of animosity and hatred. You cannot do two things at once. You cannot hate and forgive at the same time. You cannot love someone and, and not forgive them at the same time. Love and forgiveness are tied together. No greater love, the Bible says, has any man than he lays down his life for his brother. Jesus died for you and me. And that song says, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sins upon that cross. I'll never know. Today, church, forgiveness is not an option. And if you'll make a decision to forgive not only will you be the most like Jesus that you can possibly be, you'll be free. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes this morning and let God begin to work on your walk with God? These are Jesus' words. If you forgive, I'll forgive you. You can argue with me. You can debate me. You can question this. You can say, I, I don't know if that's true. It's Jesus' words. Jesus laid his life down for you. And he died on the cross for you, regardless, listen, regardless of whether you were going to believe in him or not. Regardless of whether you were going to receive his forgiveness or not. Christ died for the ungodly. The quicker you get a revelation of how ungodly you are, the more you will love Jesus' forgiveness. To whom much is given, much is required. And no matter what has been done to you, listen to the Holy Spirit, no matter what has been done to you in your life, and I know there's been some bad things. We've got some people in our church who've been through some horrible, horrible, horrible situations that they did not deserve. But does, no matter what's been done to you, it cannot compare to what you did to Jesus on that cross. You have to realize that we are the ones who sent Jesus to the cross. I nailed his hands to the cross with my sin. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For today, free yourself. Be free. Freedom of forgiveness. Maybe you're here today and you've never said, Jesus, I believe that you are who you say you are. 
I believe you died on the cross to take my place. And today I'm a sinner and I need forgiveness. If you're here and you have never said that prayer, you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And today if you stood before God, you don't know if, he would, if you would stand before him as a, as a savior or as a judge. You can be sure. Today you can be sure. That thief on the cross looked over at Jesus and believed that Jesus was dying for him. And he said, would you remember me today? And he looked back over and said, today you'll be with me in paradise. How many all over this place, maybe you're listening on the podcast, watching on the live stream, here in this congregation, you've never said the sinner's prayer. You've never said, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. You're like that servant right now who has a debt you'll never be able to pay. But Jesus says, if you'll confess me your sin, if you'll believe in me, I'll take that sin. You've never done that. Just lift your hand and say, pray for me this morning. All over this place. How many? All over this place. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? How many more? Just lift it up so I can see it. I want to pray with you this morning. I see your hand. God bless you. How many more? I see your hand, young man. God bless you. How many more? Listen, I want to say something a little more, even more clear. I didn't ask if you're a member of a church. I didn't ask if you believe in God. Is Jesus Lord of your life? Have you confessed him publicly? Have you said, Jesus, I believe you're the son of the living God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus said, if you'll confess me before man, I'll confess you before my father that's in heaven. But if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my father that's in heaven. Jesus is, a, is an amazing God of love, but he has his conditions. And his conditions is take everything I say at my word. I died for you and I forgive you, but you must forgive also. As we stand this morning all over this place, I'm going to wait just one moment more. Please stay in this reverence to the Lord. We don't know what tomorrow brings. Tomorrow's not promised. Don't be the person here today that says, I'm working on myself and I, I'm not quite ready to meet Jesus yet. You'll never be ready. But you can be too late. Because the Bible says in Hebrews 9.27, it's appointed unto man once to die, and then comes judgment. Once you die, you don't get another chance. As long as you're breathing today, there's hope. There's an opportunity. That's, what, that's why the gospel is so important and so serious. Because you can walk out of this place, and, and it's not gonna, God's not going to let you into heaven because you went to church. The only way you can get into heaven, per Jesus' words is to believe on him. Believe that he died on the cross for your sins. 1 John 4, 9 says this. This is what some of you are going to do this morning. That Raise your hand. If you confess your sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins, and watch this, and cleanse you from all your unrighteousness. That's why it's called the good news. Amen? It's good news. How many more this morning? Maybe you didn't raise your hand. As those that raise their hands, would be, find, find the nearest aisle. Don't look around. Don't wait to see if anybody else is coming. If you raise your hand, come get Jesus this morning. Just step out of your seat and come down here quickly. Just come. You raised your hand. Come. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you need to come. You need to give Jesus your life. Come on. 
Come on, let's wait. Just keep clapping. Just, just wait a moment. I believe there's some more people today that need to confess Jesus. How many more? More hands went up. Come on. Come on. Praise the Lord. It's good to see you not walking with the walker. Amen. God's doing good stuff in you. Amen. We're going to say a prayer with those watching online, listening on the podcast. If you stayed back, I can't make you come up here. I just think it's important to let the whole world know you believe in Jesus. Because if you can't do it in a church, you're not going to do it outside. I don't, I'm not ashamed of Jesus. He wasn't ashamed of me. He went naked to that cross, beaten. And here's the craziest thing about what Jesus did. This blows me away every time I think about it, and I try to think about it often. He died on that cross knowing so many people would reject him. I don't know about you. I don't know if I'd have gone through with it. If I'd have, if I'd have seen the numbers of all the people that were going to reject me, I don't know if I'd have gone through it. But then I stop and I say, you know what? If one person made it, it'd be worth it. I say that all the time here. If, if one person in this city gets saved by starting this church, it was worth it. So then I go back to understanding that one person's worth it all. But Jesus would have died on that cross for just you, for just me. That's how much he loves us. So if you're here this morning, say this with me. If you're watching online, say this with me. Lord Jesus, thank you for your mercy, your compassion, and your grace. I don't deserve to be here, but you love me in spite of who I am. I believe this morning that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I fall short of your glory every day. But on that cross, you took my place. You took my sins. And today, I believe that with all my heart, all my mind, all my soul, and all my strength. Please forgive me and make me a new creation. From this day forward, I'm saved and I will walk according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.